0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news.
1: The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
2: Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin and friends. So glad to have you. Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life joining us. Uh, Donna Hetzler and also Natalie Carrado, my friends who are speakers and authors. Love to have them come in, other Christians, so we can chit-chat about some of the good news stories. Hi, ladies. Hi, Hi, good to be here. Hey, all right. So I want to do a good news story that I thought would touch Beatrice's heart, uh, and it uh, just—it's about a cop, but also a vet. And since the drill sergeant was a drill sergeant in the United States Army. Whoa. Who, well, just saying,
3: who, yeah
4: you're wearing <laughs> your whole
2: outfit today too look at you
4: now you you know you told me one time that I'm always I always have my brass on I always have my name tag she's the stuff. name tag that well, she let wears me just put on my hat that yeah. says woman veteran
2: woman veteran oh, yes yeah. love I it. like that that's really cool that's really cool all right so this story also I played it for my friend with blue lives matter and he was joining me on my other show daybreak USA and oftentimes he joins me when a police officer has officer been shot in the line of duty and so I said, uh, Randy Sutton, I always, you know, talk to you about bad news and, you know, police officers are, you know, in dire straits when we chit chat. I said, I want to share this with you. And so he, he, he really was touched by it. And I think he said, Angie, a lot of officers go above and beyond like this guy and we don't hear about it. But this officer went above and beyond. Here we go.
1: A wall of ideas. He's not a computer person.
0: Laid out one square
1: at a time. Whenever he has a thought or a thought process, he takes post it notes and he puts those notes in places that he'll remember to see them. But for
0: Norm, an 83 year old Korean War veteran, no matter how hard he tries to organize his thoughts these days, some things still get jumbled.
1: When I came to his house, um, he'd lost some weight. Uh, his hair was a little bit longer than he likes to keep it.
0: Erlanger Police Sergeant John Sterling met Norm about four years ago on a call and the two became friends.
1: He teaches me every. Time I come to his house. He's always giving me books. He's GIVEN me books to give to my boy. He's just one of these guys that loves to learn.
0: But in the last few weeks, it's John who's had to help Norm. One of the things
1: about dementia is that you forget to care for yourself, you forget to eat, you forget to bathe.
0: morning, Norman. Man, you are an early bird. I am. So John has been making visits like this one with Norm most days. He was also awarded guardianship of Norm. He's
1: come to this. Time in his life where he, he needs somebody to take care.
0: But Norm needs more help than John is able to give. So the plan is to move Norm here, the Elmcroft Senior Facility.
1: He was uh, very enthusiastic about the facility when I showed it to him. Uh, immediately bonded with some of the people there when he walked in.
0: But to do so will cost $5,500 up front, money Norm doesn't have. So John started a GoFundMe page to raise money for the move. It's the kind of gesture that's hard to put into words on a note but John says is easier to make.
1: It's an easy thing to care, um, and a lot of people have shown how much they care just in less, less than a day.
2: Okay, so uh, he's obviously gone above and beyond, and so uh, the GoFundMe account last time I checked was way, way uh, above what they expected. Wow. Is there one piece or two pieces to this? Two pieces. Oh, there's only one piece. Okay, I felt like there was more to it. I'm like, mm. wait a second. that um, So... It went above and beyond what they expected, and so Norm was just beside himself, and so was the police officer, and they posted on social media, and it was awesome.
5: That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love stories when we take care of our vets, because they are so not taken care of, you know, they're just forgotten. Well, thank
4: you. You know something, we just feel, uh, that's why I'm so hot and heavy about the veterans, because we've been forgotten. Mm-hmm. We go and we give our lives for this country. And I, especially these kids coming back from Afghanistan That's and right. Iran and Iraq and stuff. And, and they come back, they can't get um, medical care. They can't get housing. They can't get all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so then why are we really serving? That's right. Okay, because it's it's more than to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay, mm-hmm. it's it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And yet we can't get the stuff that we need. We have a hard time. It just I, just recently, I got my um, new driver's license, and I finally got on their veteran Yay. on my driver's license, you know, because they've been withholding that, and it's just – it's crazy the um, support that we don't receive, mm-hmm. you know. Even just the
5: reentry, coming yes. back in yes, and getting back and situated with society is yeah. so difficult that I've seen with my vet friends. And then, like you said, Beatrice, the health care, you know, yes. housing, um, anything that a vet might need, we should be there right by their side
4: supporting them and Absolutely. taking care, care and of believe them. it or not there's a lot of women veterans just living on the streets mm. oh, a lot of I, women I, veterans. My, my husband feeds them me.
6: downtown yeah mm-hmm. tell
2: uh natalie Carrado, um tell everyone about your um your husband's ministry because he cracks me up he could be like on his last five bucks and he'll oh. still he'll still <laughs> do his ministry Bless his heart.
6: yes he's since 2001 he's been doing an outreach homeless ministry downtown in denver and there are so many vets down there it's yeah. really sad but he Hates to brag about it, but I love that he's just serving God. And
2: he's so funny because he's a man of few words. He is. (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't say, because my, my son trains with him. Okay. And uh, and my my son admires him so much. He's so proud to train with him. Uh, and I know that your husband, uh, you know, m- mentors a lot of boys. So we gave him a book mm-hmm. specifically about that, by the way, yesterday, oh. um, about um, a man who turned his life around and talked about the power of men to be fathers in our society. Uh, but nice. here he is, this man of few words, so he doesn't brag about what he does, but he's been doing it since 2001. And right. uh, go well, ahead, he continue. ask him
6: about Jesus or nutrition and he won't okay. shut up. Okay. So, <laughs> I love <laughs> it. But, uh, uh, yeah he goes down every Tuesday Thursday and they buy 120 burgers uh, Burger King has it ready for them and they people like a hot meal I mean people have said go to restaurants or get things afterwards you know but there's lots of liabilities in that mm-hmm. or make sandwiches but you know 120 is a lot of sandwiches to make twice a you know 120 one day 120 on Thursday so he just buys them hot meals and um, and just goes down and shares the love of Christ and mm-hmm. tells them how Jesus That's loves great. them but it's sad because I've gone with them a, a few times and there are a lot of veterans. Do they expect
2: him? Are they like mm -hmm. waiting for him?
6: Yeah, he well he goes to all of their secret alleys and hideouts, okay. and he kind of knows where they stay. But it's always different people, and so they pray with them, and and then whatever's left over, if it, especially if it's a cold night, they go to the Samaritan House or Denver Rescue Mission. And I've gone down, and it's like swarming the car. They just swarm because. But the the, the guys, the homeless people, really know the rules. Like they have to wait in line, yep. and you know, and then they the my husband and his friend pass them out until they're gone. So. Do your
2: boys ever go with him? All
6: the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they've Amen. grown up doing the ministry, so it's nice to be able to see. They, they're they able to be grateful and to see, you know, if... It what could happen and everybody has a story you can't judge anyone I don't mm-hmm. everyone has a story so they really just go down and they just see how you know it's really sad people living on the streets but they have a story oh yeah so
2: and the fact that many of them are veterans I just watched the show the other night, and again it kind of was like that kick in the stomach of what these young men and women go through and you mentioned specifically the Middle East and it was a helicopter team and they were rescuing a boy who'd been caught in the line of fire and he was uh, like the same age as my is my fifth grade son Done. And uh, they were so distraught trying to get him because he'd been shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Trying to get him, uh, right? You know, to help. And mm-hmm. so they're operating on him. And the helicopter crew—they were interviewing the guys, and they were beside themselves. They uh, could barely speak. They were so emotionally upset about this. I mean, I, I about cried talking about it because they were so distraught that this boy may not make it. And they knew that they'd done all they could. But then they say they rethink. Like, could I have done this? Should I have started this IV? Should I put? you know this bandage on should if I put him in this position maybe I should have had his head a different way what if I you know in this water shoulda coulda so anyway as one of the guys is talking He said, I'll never forget his face and the look of pain and confusion on his face because he did nothing to deserve this. And he'll probably never, you know, the love of uh, of a wife, he'll probably never have a family, he'll never have a career. And then someone walks in the room and they said, he's going to be, he's going to make it. And they said, he's going to have a full recovery. And you should have seen the look on his face, the look on his face of just relief. But that incident, it go every day, you know, repeats itself over and over again. And their mind gets overwhelmed by these thoughts and these, what, what if I did this? Or why couldn't I save my friend? Why wasn't it me that stepped on the IED? Why wasn't I in the truck? I was supposed to be the one that was hit. You know, why couldn't I pull my friend out of the line of fire? And all of those things overwhelm them. And I think as a society, we've so failed them. Recently, there was a picture. That a younger veteran had uh, posted um, on social media of an older veteran who'd finally passed out in the waiting room uh, at a VA facility because no one had come to him and he was lying on the floor.
4: Mm. Mm. See, and, and I, I'm not even going to start a conversation about the VA. I'm not because you got a lot of good workers yeah. in the VA. Mm-hmm. However, all of them are not good workers, and all of them, not all of them, care. For the veterans that come in there.
2: Okay, this is a totally political conversation. My aunt worked for the VA for years, and we knew someone who needed a job who kept getting fired, and she said, oh, tell them to apply at the VA. We can never fire anyone. Why is that? Mm. Here's what I don't get. Why is there a protected area in our government where certain people can't be fired or jobs are secure forever? In the real world, you know, you can get fired today. You can put in a decade of service and be walking out with a cardboard box later that afternoon. Mm. And you're held to certain standards. There's not, you know, and I'm not saying it's always fair the way the real world works. But certainly if you're protected to the point where people who aren't doing their jobs can't be fired, that's so ridiculous to me. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I
6: don't know a lot. Of, I mean, I'm brand new to, I, I never really had immediate family in the military other than, you know, my husband seeing all those, you know, homeless veterans, he's really built a relationship and bonded with some of them. Um, but our, my husband's little brother's 18 and he lives with us. He just signed this weekend with the military. Oh, wow. So wow. it's, you know, he's, you, you either have it or you, and so now I'm so like, you've oh my been, gosh, I you've can been, learn about all of these things.
2: So you had three boys between the ages of 18 and 20 my in your My husband's brother. Yeah. Yeah, lives with oh, yeah, yeah, lives with you yeah. and your son. Yes, and so you've been raising your and brother. A yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> they lived with us forever. So. Oh, and
2: you yes. and your husband, who's yes. uh, you know, a, a lifter and you know, they're all like yeah. meatheads in the gym. Yes. They're <laughs> Christian meatheads. They are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's cool. yes. <laughs> totally. Oh gosh. All right, Beatrice, we want to check in with you. are just joining us in the good news that we have quite a crew here, Natalie Carrado, uh, Donna Hetzler, and Beatrice Bruno, drill sergeant of life. I have many of my Christian author speaker friends join me and we talk about things that hopefully um, uh, brighten your day or enlighten your day and uh, I, I when I started the good news I really wanted people to have hope and hear some of these good news stories but also to know that like Christian women and men for that matter you know we don't wear sensible shoes we have a sense of humor we're not nerdy like I think a lot of people hear Christian radio and they hear pastors That's right. and they see Christians in this certain way like the church lady that they make right. fun of on uh-huh. SNL yeah. and that you know we're cool too you know I've got Got platform high tops on with sparkly stars today you know what i mean like we're like we're not like these nerdy christians that people think we are we're like regular moms with regular problems and regular dads with regular problems and beatrice had a dream her entire life to be an author and a speaker and i've told you before she was a drill sergeant and a truck driver and a hairdresser and finally in her 50s her dream has come true and she got just got back from her book tour part of her book tour uh, on her new book the baby chronicles which follows four babies uh, through their life where they
4: came from and where they're going in terms of you know Christ yes Yes, absolutely. It goes behind the scenes of the creation process Uh, because, you know, there's many questions that we ask, like, well, how did I come to be, you know, who, how did God know I was going to be a singer or a writer or anything like that? It's because he gave us everything that we needed before the foundation of the world. If you look at Jeremiah, the first chapter in the fifth verse, he tells Jeremiah, he said, before I, before you even went into your mother's womb, I knew you. And that was God talking to him. And so we have to realize that before We were born into the earth. We already were. Mm-hmm. because God had created us. And so the Baby Chronicles follows that, and I'm excited about it. And by the way, I'm two years shy of 60, so I'm getting closer wow. to 60, and I'm like, yeah, but "Lord, why are you waiting so long? <laughs> I, I just think it's so cool that you
2: are such a prime example of you know not giving up on your dream, that typewriter yes. you got when you were eight that you hid under the blankets with a flashlight and typed away, and here you are all Amen. these years, 50 years later from the eight-year-old with the typewriter yeah. doing what you dreamed of doing.
4: I yes. love that
5: visual, too,
4: of you underneath the I covers know, and Type click, in click, away, click, click, click. Yeah. And I got more spankings because of that blanket and the flashlight and that typewriter because I would type under there and my grandmother would come in, didn't I tell you to go to bed? Put that, put that thing down. That is so
2: funny. I mean, how many kids sneak typing? You know, I mean, they sneak tablets now, but they're not. sneak. although my daughter does something really cool. They have so many new learning apps. They're so neat. And she does this uh, keyboarding without tears. And that's what it's called, Keyboarding Without Tears. And she puts music on, Christ- God music. She likes God's not dead. <laughs> he's truly alive. And she likes to type to the Christian music. That's so cool. Yeah she, yeah, she puts headphones on and she types to the music. Isn't that cute? Keyboarding yeah, so Without oh, Tears. Yeah, to learn, okay. uh, you know, the keyboard. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, that is really yeah, cool. Keyboarding like Without Tears. Well, one
5: thing I have to say about Beatrice's book, I mean, I'm just, I'm almost to the end. And every night, you know, I'm sitting up reading and her chapters are short. So you, you get through a chapter and you're like, well, I can do another chapter oh well i can do another <laughs> chapter and then you can't put the book down and it's just so good but i really used her concept
2: um and applied it towards life the other day and i started to tell you about oh, this yeah. beatrice and again but- it's from the baby chronicles beatrice bruno's book at uh, donna how did you put it into life and what did you learn
3: well
5: beatrice does this amazing job of just peeling back the curtain to the spiritual realm and so she's got names for demons, and Anguish is one of them. And my sister struggles with anxiety and schizophrenia, as you know. And she was having an episode, and they're changing her medicines, and she's starting to slide. Scary. So I called out that demon. I'm like, Amen. Anguish, you will not have hold on my sister's Amen. life. In the name Amen. of Jesus, Amen. you will flee from her life. And she called me a couple hours ago. She goes, I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling a little better. I'm like, Dude. it's because I read Beatrice's book. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's funny. some real good life applications that you can use just by looking into the spiritual realm and you've given us a great glimpse of that through your book thank you and and, and
4: that's what I hope it does because we need to know what's going on out there you know we can see I can see Angie reaching across the table and pinching me Mm -hmm. okay but what made her do that right what is the the demon behind that what is the demon behind um, so many people that take drugs and, and drink and, mm-hmm. and commit adultery and mm-hmm. commit all these, you know, manner of, of of sins. And we have to know that there's something back there, you know, that we're not seeing. Right. But when God gives us a glimpse into the spiritual realm, we need to take that look. Absolutely. And not be afraid of what's out there because we need to put those demons in their place. We absolutely do. Like you did do. with, with um, anxiety, yes. you know get away from her in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. Because they respond to that.
5: They do. Yes. And I saw it in her life, which is great. It reminds me of my boyfriend is C.S. Lewis, just so you all know. <laughs> oh, how funny. C. Lewis. <laughs> yes, and if you've read the Screw Tape Letters, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It really gets you focused on the spiritual realm because we go through life every single day, and we're not thinking demons and spiritual stuff, and I'm not one of those, like, you know, the demon made me do it. Right. But when we really look at you know, the background of it and that there are spiritual forces going on every single day. You can name things. You can, um, look at a person from their point of pain. You can see things differently when you peel that back and you've done a great
4: job in your book. So So
5: I'm excited to get to the end and then ready for book two. (laughs) (laughs) So get under those (laughs) sheets and start typing, girl.
4: (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much. And how was the book tour? It was good. went to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and had a great time down there. Got to, um, Film five episodes of a TV show that's on um, Heartland, C.W. Heartland, down there with um, Faith Focus Live. And um, so every copy of the Baby Chronicles that I took with me, sold them all. Great. Wow. Sold Yay. them all. Plus my other books that I took, How to Get Over Yourself, Get Out of Your Own Way, and Get What You Want Out of Life, and How to Get Over Yourself and Let Go of the Past. Sold copies of everything. And I was just excited. Oh, and now wow. I'm on my way to Nashville. woo
5: Country oh, music capital fun. of the world. And I love your dress for the red carpet. Thank oh, you so she's much. got royalty oh. color. Oh, oh yeah,
2: so proud of you. Oh, yes. Again, she said she's two years from 60, and here she is writing books and going on book tours for the first time. Okay, I also want to, uh, Beatrice, give us your website. DrillSergeantofLife.com And Donna, your website? DonnaHetzler.com And Donna is going to uh, join us later in the week, and so is Beatrice. That is a beautiful, a beautiful uh, 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 dress, Beatrice. Oh, Thank gosh, you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh, but I also wanted to talk a little bit um, with Natalie Carrado before Natalie leaves, because she won't be back later this week, uh, and you two will. Um Uh, First of all, your husband, I know I've mentioned his training, but I cannot believe my son, you know, he placed first place in five of his races, and there were 70 to um, even 100 kids in some of these events. So let's say he's doing 50 free, there might be 100 kids in the 50 free. So they'll have Mm -hmm. 10 lanes, and they'll have 10 heats, and my son was in the fastest heat, and he won. But here's the thing. It's amazing, because he's been working with your husband, Aaron, for about six weeks. We've had four swim meets in the last six meets. They're two-day meets. I mean, it's really quite a commitment in time for the Mm -hmm. family. Uh, generally um like every couple of meets he might be a little bit faster on one or two events Shockingly, every single meet, every single event, he's been faster. Wow. I amazing. mean, week after week after week after week, that's like unheard of. <laughs> like, you don't keep improving hard. your time every week. So, anyway, he loves working with Aaron, your husband. So, so awesome. tell everyone um, how people can get um, involved because it's a Christian gym with personal trainers and it's called Sick Athletes, which stands for what?
6: Strengthen Christ uh, athletes. And they're right off of I 25 and Dry Creek. And they really just uh, cater to any athletes of all ages, yeah. anywhere from young kids doing speed and agility camps up to the pro level and semi-pro. So it's it's amazing what God's done. Even this morning, my husband just gives all glory to the Lord. He said, I can't believe how, what the Lord's doing in this ministry, which is a gym for kids."
2: How athletes. do they reach him?
6: Um, they can call 720-620-0037 or sickathletes.com.
2: S-I-C. S-I-C. Athletes. Natalie Corrado is a Christian real estate agent as well. And so if you're looking for an agent, you want to know how much your home would go for, how do they reach you? God's Way Real Estate.
6: God's Way, real estate. God's Way real or 720-288-0101.
2: Oh, love it. All right.
6: Yay, my son Yay. loves it too. And it's so <laughs> great to
2: like work out and be prayed with. We'll Absolutely. be right back with the good news. Hey, it's Angie. Uh, Let's talk now to Adam Katz with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation. And Adam, you help the kids whose parents are dealing with cancer because oftentimes the kids don't get to be kids when their parents are sick, correct?
7: That's it, exactly.
2: Peyton is 10, Rylan is 8, and they both would love to play a sport. They like basketball and baseball and soccer. For $100, you can sponsor one of these kids. How do we sponsor them for a sport this spring?
7: Uh, Give me a call and tell me which one you want to do. The sports are baseball, basketball, and soccer. They love them all. They cost about $100 each. The mother in this situation is battling breast cancer, so it's just gotten a little too expensive for them at this point, and the children shouldn't miss out simply because the parents are struggling right now.
2: I agree. Peyton is 10, Rylan is 8. They shouldn't miss out on sports. Their mom dealing with breast cancer. They're already going through a hard time, and this would allow them to be kids. If you wanted to sponsor either of them, call Adam at 720-530-9482, 720-530-9482 or go to doreencatsmemorial.org.
0: Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special
8: people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC thrift stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors.
5: A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being we have feelings and we have emotions and if given the chance we can shine and i think that ark has done a very good job at
9: showing that i like it there and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff I like helping out different people a lot of different people i help out. find the
0: ark store near you at arcthrift.org.
5: it's a non-profit and it's a great company to work for and a great place to
0: shop and remember every saturday you get 50 percent off most items in the store
2: Welcome back to the Good News. Angie Austin here, along with author and speaker Donna Hetzler, and also John Gager. He is the author of If I Could Do It All Over Again, Christian Leaders Share the Most Important Lessons of Their Lives. Welcome, John. Welcome, Donna. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be here. All right, so Donna and I got to uh, peruse your book, and we've got uh, uh, some questions, but we also have some of these Christian leaders like Michael W. Smith and also uh, Michael Easley. When you uh, you know interviewed them about you know regrets or if they mm-hmm. could do it all over again, we have some of those clips. But you said you wanted to start off with um, a little story about scars. So yeah. let's talk about that, shall we, John? Well, when I was 15
7: years old, I had surgery for uh, scoliosis. They cut me open from the top of my neck oh my to
2: goodness.
7: my waistline.
2: I have scoliosis? Mm. That's uh, horrible.
7: you are in a circular frame bed in the hospital for the better part of two weeks, rotated every four hours, stomach to back. Oh, Finally, it's ow. casting day. The night before, you're about to get a body cast, which, is n- which was the worst part of the whole surgery, by the way. And uh, the nurse comes in and says, now, your, your incision is at a point where it's healing. And, and um, do yourself a favor. When you feel the urge to itch, do not. Scratch. Let me say it again. Do not scratch. Well, that's like telling a guy who's walked five miles in the desert, don't think about water. And then you
5: planted it in the mine, so you're already itching, right?
7: (laughs) I'm there in bed, and it starts to itch. And so I scratch it. It itches a little more. I scratch it a little more. It's itching more. It's <laughs> and this, this is, is an, your scar. This is yeah, this is not an itching sensation. This is an itching warfare, all right? Yeah, I mean, no, we've we're, had that. Yeah. I'm, and the nurse comes in and she can see it's all inflamed and I'm now at risk to get this. She just stop touching it. Well, all I can do is hang on to the frame of this bed to get through the night quoting every verse I've ever memorized.
2: Oh mm. my goodness.
7: You know, now it's decades later. And and those scars once in a while still itch. Once in a while. There's a, there's a thing called care for scars, scar care. And I think regrets are a lot like scars. If we itch them, because they do itch, if we scratch them, guess what, it doesn't help.
5: That's, yeah. We
7: simply relive right. the whole original experience. It doesn't help revisiting those scars. But we can get beyond those scars I think when we're when living the Jesus lifestyle, the one who said, as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Yeah, We can get beyond our scars. They're all, they'll always be there, but they don't have to define us. Right, That's right. what I'm learning through the, the folks we interviewed in the book, if I could do it all over again.
2: Yes. Well, let's talk about a couple of those in- interviews. So uh, uh, once you give an intro, Dave, you cut some of the audio for us.
10: So I love this one, Michael Easley. He's. Uh, he said he tells a story about when he was first married and how somebody pulled him aside and gave him a very, very important lesson. I think that his little story <laughs> absolutely speaks for You'll itself. It. And I think it resonated with me, not that I've ever talked like this, but it still resonated with me because it reminds you not to.
2: And for people who may not know him, he's the former president of Moody, Moody Bible Institute. And he's also got the 30 minute program, uh, Michael Easley in context. So here he is.
9: One of the stories I tell, and each time I tell it, I'm, I'm right back there in 1980 in um, this doctor's home in Nacogdoches, Texas. he and I had been married just a few months, and we were invited to this party at this man's house. Uh, um, most of the people I didn't know were talking around the island of food, and uh, someone asked about you know us, and I said, well, we just got married, and I made some quip about, you know, I guess if it doesn't work out, we could always get a divorce. And this doctor who was hosting the dinner party, whatever, said, hey, Michael, can I talk to you for just a minute? And sure, Doc. And so we walked back to his office and he closed the door and he got within my personal space like an inch away from my nose. And his eyes were aflame and his temples were bulging. And he said, don't you ever, ever joke or tease about divorce again. And he just laid into me. And I said, "Okay, Doc, I got it. He goes, no, you don't. He goes, you don't use those words ever again. And I heard it. I can tell you 34 plus years later, I still remember it. And um, I've often said, I wish there were a lot more doctors like that that got in a lot more young couples faces and yelled at them and said those kind of words. This is not a joking matter.
2: It's not a joking matter. No, We, uh, we I have to say that's one thing we've done. Right. We would never say the D word. Good for you. It never comes up, ever, because it's like taking a brick out of the wall, and every time you say it, another brick comes out. Mm -hmm.
7: You know, there's a funny dimension to this story, not so funny, that's rather profound. From that kind of a shaky start, Mm -hmm. Michael Easley and his wife, Cindy, have gone on with a lifelong commitment to mentoring other young couples. Oh, I love that. they got 30 years of doing this
2: Uh now. I love that.
7: And I think it probably started with that conversation.
2: I love that. Okay, Michael W. Smith, again, we're talking to uh, John Gager. He's the author of If I Could Do It All Over Again, Christian Leaders Share the Most Important Lessons of Their Lives. Michael W. Smith, of course, a uh, famous Christian artist. Uh, what's the question asked, Dave, that you This is for
10: what you what can't wait to do in heaven. Mm. Mm. Oh, I like that. You
2: too.
9: Oh, make some
3: music. Join in with the angels. <laughs>
9: I wonder what that's going to be like. I mean, it's probably, you know, I think colors are completely different up there. I think notes are different. I mean, it's just probably just going to just blow my mind. But to be able to join in with whatever's sung in heaven, is going to be a wish list for me. And I have a feeling it's going to happen.
5: Love That, that is great singing with the angels it was doesn't really make interesting
10: sense about michael w smith everything he said was about music everything uh-huh. had some wow. sort of musical element he was like constantly he's obsessed with music so yes. i thought that was really interesting his regrets all the stuff that he wished he could do different they all had something to do with wow. music so mm-hmm. well,
7: dave angie and donna i'm sure you're familiar with randy Elcorn's book on heaven uh-huh. and uh it, it it seems to me that that that's not unrealistic what michael w smith just shared that's right isn't it the heart of god to take us in heaven and use that same gifting those same passions and let there be chapter 2 now the eternal mm, chapter yes. you know
5: I think so. Absolutely. And I love how you shared the allegory of the scar because I actually have a scar right here. I broke my radius and you probably Ooh, don't know the story ow. about me, Angie, but I was uh, riding my dirt bike. And of course, being Italian, my husband says, no, don't go over there. There's gullies and stuff over there. And of course I go right over there. Like, don't tell me I can't go over there. <laughs> but I was just getting ready to go into med school. I was quite young and I was going to be a doctor, my degrees in science. And um, I broke my radius bone off the wrist bone. And to this, day, I look back and I go, I might have been a doctor. I might have been something different. But my scar, um, if I itch it, I'll have regrets about, you know, I could have been helping people in that way. My scar reminds me of um, bringing it back to the present and saying, I am now a doctor of words, and I'm ministering in a very different way, Mm. and God saw that, and he's utilizing this for his glory. And so it changed my whole path, but I love this allegory of scars and and using those.
7: One other quick scar story. We were on board the Africa Mercy, Mm -hmm. one of the mercy ships, 500 feet long. It's the world's largest charity hospital ship. It was in Liberia, parked at Monrovia on the wharf there. And I was covering stories for Moody Radio, doing some audio, some video, taking pictures. And uh, we spent a lot of time down in the wards below, the surgery. We saw yeah. surgeries performed mm-hmm. live. Wow. Day one, I meet this girl in the hallway with a shockingly disfigured face. Mm. She has been burned severely uh, in, in, a, in a hut in Liberia there, an oil lamp. And I, I, I think I might have said hi I don't remember. Day two, I saw the same girl. This time, I definitely said hello. Day three, I knew her name, greeted her by name. Day four, it was a little bit of chit-chat. Day five, some small talk. Do you know by the time the week was over, I almost didn't even see her scars. Hmm, We were just two fellow passengers in the same floating neighborhood. And I think that is so cool. You know, those scars, again, don't have to define us. They're there but they don't define us. It was like, it was a non-issue. We were buddies. We were friends. Uh Yeah. On the African mercy.
2: I like
5: that. What would you do less of? I noticed in your book, you said, what Uh, would I do more of? What would I do less of?
7: Me personally, like everybody that was honest, work. Mm -hmm. Work. Less Mm -hmm. work, yeah. Yeah. And less distraction. Bugs, I am so easily distracted. Yes. So I'm Me you know, too. sitting with my wife and I'm with my wife and I'm not with my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I confess she's never used this word. She's never been so critical or harsh as to say it. My confession before God Almighty is I feel like I've had 200 mistresses in my life. All little side jobs, projects, right. books, articles, yeah. travels, appearances. They've been like mistresses
2: mm-hmm. and
7: uh, they have occupied attention. They have occupied affection. Uh, some of which, a good deal of which probably belongs to her.
2: Absolutely. You know, in my um, calendar, there's so many things in it, but my husband, who's so busy with his startup, he doesn't get to do a lot of the same things that I get to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you look at it, I mean, all these, these are all, all these little that. things, they're all little, you know. Yeah. But you know what else is in there? Be- baseball, soccer, uh, you know, work with the kids on this, something we have to do at home. Uh, they're swimming, and then, all the things like that they have at school in the mornings that I can go to. And so I actually go to those things. You know, I watch them play mm-hmm. soccer at school in the intramurals. I yeah. get to, um, you know, take them to tutoring, et cetera. Uh, John, how do we find you, your website?
7: Do it all over again dot net. Do it all over again dot net.
2: All right, In changing gears, Billy Hollowell is joining us now. Not changing gears that much, and Billy is going to share with us uh, several stories, but one of particular interest has to do with an update in the story that we covered earlier, having to do with a university, and they wanted to keep the Chick Fil A off of the university campus because it was making them fearful and mm-hmm. it might invade their safe spaces. Uh, Billy, apparently, you have an update on the college student who fought to keep Chick Fil A off campus uh, over, you know, his fears that he would no longer have a safe place if. Chick Fil A came on (laughs) campus because you know how those fries and those delicious chicken sandwiches are very fearful. (laughs) I'm
8: telling you, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, there's a big update, and the update is actually interesting. The school, and I know I'm I'm still butchering this name. It's Duquesne University. That's what I'm going to go with. But out in out in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they have come forward and said, "No, we have no plans to abandon having Chick Fil A on campus." And in fact, the reason we were bringing Chick Fil A is because so many students wanted it, that there was way more positive, you know, requests for the restaurant. And it's a little Chick-fil-A express that they're going to be putting in there in the fall. And so that is going to continue. now. I don't know, I haven't heard reactions from these students who are so angry about losing their safe place. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll have to wait and see how they react to it. But the school has doubled down. They're not backing away. And it's a Catholic school, so it doesn't totally shock me that they're, you know, going to move forward with this. I don't think this is a concerning issue for um, the Catholic Church. And uh, look, I mean, I live in New York. We've got two Chick-fil-A's here in New York City and the lines are out the door every single day. Um, I I think at the end of the day, good chicken wins out, right? So there you go.
2: And you know, the funny thing is that some of the comments underneath the original like posting uh, were really supportive of Chick-fil-A. And one of them was funny from a guy that said, look, I'm gay. I don't necessarily believe in all their politics, but I love their food. So let's just have a chicken sandwich, people. Like it was something in that vein.
8: Well, and there have been, you know, some of the best stories when I was at the Blaze, and, and we've done a few of these at Faithwire too, our stories, when you know, there's a there's a GoFundMe. Let's say that Memories Pizza drama, when the restaurant, the pizza shop, came out and said they wouldn't cater a gay wedding. They weren't asked to. They were just giving a hypothetical. And then they had all that harassment, and they um, had to close their doors for a few days, and they lost money. And so there was a GoFundMe. And some of the most intriguing messages were the donation messages from gays and lesbians who were saying, "We don't agree with you, but this is way too far. This is over the line. So we're going to donate wow. to help your business." And, and there's something to that, I think, when people can reach across themselves and what they believe and think, and even if they disagree with somebody, still show love to that person. So there, there are stories on both sides where that happens. And I think that is actually powerful. Well, That's it way is more powerful, powerful than the debate.
2: Uh, uh, Tom Eisenman underneath on Facebook said, what happened to coexist? You're being hypocrites, he said. I mean, there was another that said uh, they're fearful of a chicken restaurant. Fear less. Eat more chicken. exactly (laughs) so you know you gotta you gotta love it and you gotta say hey and this is what the students (laughs) wanted so if you don't
8: like it oh well move on right (laughs) all right
2: um let's talk about the christian baker did you um wanted to give us an update because that story has been trending for like Weeks to months on your
8: website, right? But there's an update? Yeah, well, this is a different baker now. And this is why this is so, it gets so confusing. But this actually, I have said from the beginning the first bakers that we talked about on the show were the Oregon bakers, Aaron and Melissa Klein. Um, now, their case is still going forward, but there's actually a really big case, and that case is, is Masterpiece Cake Shop versus the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Um, and what has gone on is the same thing that happened in the Oregon case. The baker, he's a Christian, he said no to baking a cake, and this was in 2012. So here okay. we are five years later, this battle is still going on. but. The reason this is important is his case is actually being, it's being debated and discussed right now among the Supreme Court justices, whether or not they're going to take the case. So this could be the case that actually becomes, you know, if they take it and now that Gorsuch is there, they've been kind of knocking it down the pipeline. Oh, you know, we'll handle it later. Now he's there and it could be any day that they say yes or no, to taking the case up. And so we really could you know we really should be watching this one now, you know who knows how it's going to go, but his argument this baker, is that as a Christian, he should not be forced to use his artistic ability, and he believes that as a you know cake maker that that is an artistic ability to convey a message that violates his religious conscience, and so we'll have to see um, and again, I don't think any other case has gotten. This far. There was one other case in 2014 before gay marriage was legalized. I think it was a photographer. And in that case, the Supreme Court did not hear it. They they opted not to. So uh, I hope they hear this. I think this could be an important case.
2: All right. You know, what's really interesting is that um, this guy it's in Lakewood, Colorado, so it's just outside of Denver and Gorsuch, of course, you know, from here, as you mentioned that, you know, kind of it's getting kicked up, you know, uh, towards the Supreme Court. And um I, I, you know, I, I, here's what I admire in people the courage to stand their ground on things that mean a lot to them. I, 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 and I may get, you know, criticism for this, I'd make the cake, okay? Because I feel that showing the love of Christ is showing the love for people, right? And so that wouldn't be my way of expressing myself. However, If it's his way and it's his business, I feel it's up to him. A lot of people would just say, "I have too many cakes that day. I'm too busy," and they would take the spineless way out if they felt uncomfortable, and they'd come up with excuses that wouldn't land them in court or or close the doors on their business. So um, I do I do uh, applaud his courage, even though it might not be my way of handling uh, the love of Christ. Right? Yeah, and it's and it's interesting
8: because what you just said, I think, is where, where a lot of Christians are. Right? There's there's a mixed debate on how people would handle it but you know, look the photographers I actually think if you're a photographer or you perform in a wedding band you have a much stronger case right. you know that has been my view that if you're being asked to actually be at an event or you' a wedding singer an event we are
2: family except for you because we don't agree. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, I mean, like, picture, picture being a photographer and being in that situation and having to pose people and tell them to do certain things that make you uncomfortable.
10: Right, right. That's, like, you. another
8: degree, right? Right. Um, but anyway, no, I think, I think you raised a very interesting point, and I think what we have to see here is where this goes. One other element is that this guy has stopped doing wedding cakes entirely, and that was $100,000 a year in his business.
4: Whoa! Um,
8: so there's a big, big financial hit. He's had to not hire staff. You know, as staff members have sort of moved on, he just hasn't hired anybody new. They're a much smaller operation. It's definitely not just you know lip service or him being. I mean, he's really taken a hit for this. So it's it's an interesting
4: case.
2: It is is an interesting case. All right, let's talk real quickly. um, uh, A tougher uh, than a bullet teen who was shot in the head, left for dead, speaks out amid triumphant recovery. This is trending on Faithwire. What's this about?
8: So this teenage girl, 14 years old, her name is Desiree Turner. She was shot in the head. It's this horrific case. um, Back in February, these 16-year-old kids allegedly shot her in the head Um, and they are obviously in big, big trouble, but she almost died. They left her for dead, um, allegedly. And then what ends up happening is the family finds her, they bring her to the hospital. She clings on barely to life. And here she is just a couple months later, going home from the hospital, speaking to the media. I mean, this kid is amazing. And she said her quote was tougher than a bullet.
2: Whoa. Well, and the wild thing is, is that, I remember reading the story and not even understanding these boys were, like, upset because she was contacting one of them too much on Snapchat or something. or and, and she thought that they were her friends. And so they ended up, like, really nonchalantly saying, you know, let's do this, bro, or let's, you know, finish this, bro, and let's get this done kind of text. And, like, they went off, and they met her, and then they shot her.
8: Well, and they brought a knife, and then they were going to use a knife, and then they decided to use a gun. I mean, it's a very strange Very, very strange story. But I love when you see people overcome something like this. It's just amazing to me. And her 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 family talking a lot about God. Yeah, and her shirt says
4: happy.
2: I love that. All right, Billy, your website?
8: Faithwire.com. Thank you, Billy. Thank you.
10: Hey, this is Producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YFC of the Rockies. But i don't ever get to talk about how much i love ymca the rockies ymca the rockies in estes park is located just between estes and rocky mountain national park it is the best place i grew up going there i went to summer camp when i was a kid i actually went through the leadership program i was a camp counselor at ymca it is one of the best things it shaped who i am today It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state To go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to YMCARockies.org for all the information you'll need.
2: Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up and believe me it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community so let's tell you how to do this okay call 303-238-JANE that's 303-238-5263 and they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations and don't forget to shop at ARC it's shopping with a purpose I get all kinds of stuff for my kids their clothes sporting equipment boots gloves baseballs bats basketballs you name it check out ARC. Again, shopping with a purpose, and they'll come pick up your items, 303-238-JANE. Welcome back to the good news. Well, did you know that someone in the U.S. has a stroke every 40 seconds, and strokes kill more than 130,000 Americans each year? That's one out of every 20 deaths. We are gearing up for Stroke Awareness Month in May, a very important topic to me, because I just lost my cousin, who's in his early 50s, to a stroke. And so this is a topic I really want to um, increase uh, knowledge and education about. Here to help us is Dr. Babak Jeromi. He is the co-director of the Comprehensive Stroke Center at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And uh, he is going to help us. All right, doctor, this is a very important topic. And I think that if people are, uh, you know, armed with knowledge, we're going to save lives. Welcome.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Good morning.
2: Well, let's first talk about the signs and symptoms of a stroke. Give us the basics.
3: Uh, the simplest way to remember the signs and symptoms are a acronym called FAST and that's because you've got to move fast when you have any of the following symptoms. F standing for facial group, A standing for arm weakness, and S standing for speech difficulty, and the T in FAST is time to call 911. Any of those, the faster you call 911 and the sooner you get to the hospital, the better the outcome.
2: And that's so important. The sooner you get to the hospital, the better the outcome. And that's why we don't want our parents or our cousin or wh- whomever it may be to say, oh, let's just wait. I really don't want to call an ambulance. Well, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't have good insurance. Let's just wait a little bit longer. No, we can't wait, right?
3: You're absolutely right. And that's the saddest situation. Uh, many patients have had a stroke in the past and they ignored it. We think that about 20% of patients have had warning signs before they arrive with the big one.
2: Interesting. Okay, so are there different types of stroke?
3: There are. Uh, If we think of stroke as an issue with blood vessels, and blood vessels being simply pipes, then stroke's a plumbing problem, and you can only have two problems with plumbing. It either plugs or it leaks. So a plugged pipe in the brain is called an ischemic stroke, and a leaking pipe in the brain is called a hemorrhagic stroke, such as a brain aneurysm.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay, but again, in any case, you still need to get help quickly.
3: The sooner, the better.
2: All right, let's uh, talk about some of the latest technology that's available to help stroke victims. What's out there now?
3: So we've had intravenous clot-busting drugs for about 20 years, but over the past few years, there's been a new revolution in stroke care where we now have really small microscopic catheters and devices we can introduce directly into the brain and go to the site of blockage and actually pull out the blocking clot and restore blood flow to the brain and, uh, in effect, reverse stroke.
2: It's fascinating. All right, so this is obviously your area of expertise as the co-director of the Comprehensive Stroke Center at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. So has Northwestern been instrumental in, in, in advancing the treatment of strokes?
3: Uh, We certainly are at the leading edge. One of the challenges we're looking at now is we want to be able to treat patients past those time windows of three and six hours. So Mm -hmm. we are one of the lead enrollers in a NIH-sponsored trial using special CAT scan images to see if even if you arrive later than six hours or you woke up with a stroke, can we still use this technology to save you and restore you from stroke? There are other things we're looking at, such as a new trial using stem cell transplantation to help the brain recover from stroke.
2: All right, let's talk about misconceptions. Any misconceptions surrounding strokes that you hear often from patients or family members?
3: Well, uh, you know, I I go back to your cousin, you mentioned uh, a stroke at the age of 51. And uh, most of us always think that stroke is a disease of the elderly. And that's not true. A third of stroke happens in patients under 65. So that's me and you sitting across the table at work. And stroke's very common. Again, uh, 800,000 strokes uh, every year in the United States. So I think if we can clear those misconceptions and bring home the fact that it's common and it's not always in the elderly, we can promote awareness in May and hopefully uh, prevent uh, the overall burden of disease in the United States. Uh, right now, stroke's the number five cause of death. It's the number one preventable cause of disability, and so we have to do better.
2: Well, thank you so much, Doctor. Where can we go to get more information?
3: I'd encourage our listeners to visit stroke.nm.org. So that website is again, stroke.nm, for NorthwesternMedicine.org, where our listeners can get a whole host of information on stroke recognition, prevention, treatment, and uh, learn about leading experts uh, in the field who, uh, who can help them.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much, Doctor.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.
2: With the Lucky Landslots, Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.